With a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George, welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. After 9 for the first Tuesday of September, Alan Wishart in the host chair as usual, Steve on the board, and we are ready to go with our first guest, and he's from out of town, but he's going to be in town this weekend. Thomas Usher is going to be at Theater Northwest on Saturday and Sunday, teaching people how to fight. Thomas, that doesn't sound like a very friendly thing to do. Oh, it's actually, it's a great way to spend a weekend, Alan. Okay. <laughs> now, as I understand it, on the Saturday, you teach them how to fight, like in fist fights and stuff like that. And then on the Sunday, because they haven't settled in, they come back with swords. That's correct, actually. And to be Whoa. just to be upfront, this is the uh, this is the stage fighting we're doing. Oh. We're not actually making contact with each other in a way that's oh. going to harm anybody. That takes all the fun out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a way we can sort of tell a dialogue in a physical way on stage or on screen as well. Uh, so it's learning all the basics, the dynamics of of uh, the illusion of. of of violence on stage. So now let's let's break it down. Then the first one, stage fighting, is that basically just like you know fists and maybe some kicks and stuff like that? Like obviously not a Bruce Lee martial arts thing, but is is that what it basically is? Is just punching and a little bit of kicking? Most of it, yeah. I'll give them the techniques for, for punches and kicks and slaps and throws mm-hmm. and falls and uh, all those all those fun things. They they have a little bit of a, a flair to it. Not like yeah. not Bruce Lee, but we, we're um, we demand so much uh, from our performers these days that those influences are often present as well. Yeah, and I guess as you were saying, part of it isn't just so much throwing the punch and knowing how to throw it so it doesn't hit or hits with very little force, but how to fall, how do we act to that punch without making it look like your WWE flying halfway across the room from a light tap? <laughs> That's right. Again, the, the acting is always an action-reaction uh, process. Huh? So the reaction is what sells the fight. If I don't move after you try to slap me or, or punch me, it's a different story we're telling along the way. So Ooh, yeah. <laughs> try, trying to find the intent behind it, first of all, fights don't happen just out of the blue for no reason. There's usually some sort of mm-hmm. instigation, some reason for it to happen. It breaks out. Like I say, it breaks out when dialogue breaks down. So it's a way that we physically express ourselves to try and uh, make a point. Now, through the years as you've done, because I imagine you've done a lot of fight staging as well for specific plays and things, how much does the um, playwright have to say about the fight? Is it basically just dialogue breaks down, they start fighting, and that's it? (laughs) You know, Shakespeare was the best of that. He, he would he put down the fight. That's what, that was his okay. stage direction. You know? <laughs> and that left it up to the uh, to the designers or the, the fight uh, choreographers to then come up with that, that style of fighting, which is why we love doing Shakespeare so often as well. He's so transferable to different styles and different periods. Uh, but no, the, uh, the playwright usually doesn't have that much input into it mm-hmm. unless there's a specific move that they reference that they need to have uh, referenced in their text to make a, you know, a comment. You slapped me. You punched me. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, again, uh, or you pushed me down. Uh, otherwise, it's mainly up to the um, the fight choreographer and the the cast, of course, and the di- and director to decide what mm-hmm. shape that takes. And I guess the other thing that the excuse me, the playwright could put in is Frank wins. It, sorry, is which is Frank wins? Just to make That's it clear, right. yeah, you can have exactly, the fight, yeah, but make yeah. sure that the last guy who goes down isn't Frank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or, or they'll, they'll write something in like it's an epic fight, like never been seen before on stage. Oh. Will you? Well, that's, that's, a, that's raising the bar a bit. Yeah, that, that okay. That puts a little bit more pressure on me. 
But it's a lot of fun. Again, usually it's, it's done in dialogue with the cast as well because I mean, your performer is the one who's responsible for it on stage, uh, Alan, and mm. they have to be safe. They're working with partners they have to trust along the way. And depending on their abilities or their physical capabilities, uh, we, we adjust and we adapt to make sure that they look really good. And I guess part of it as well is they're up there and they're about to start their first fight scene in rehearsal and all of a sudden they're going, okay, well, wait a second, that chair is right there. Are we going to knock the chair over during the fight? Are we going to sort of fight around it? Are we just going to avoid it? Or has somebody accidentally, you know, spilled some water on the stage and now it's Whoops. slippery? Or, <laughs> yeah, all those things you have to take into account. So you have to be very aware of, again, of your own safety and of your partner's safety. Yeah. We're never fighting an opponent. We're always fighting with a partner. Yes. That we work together to try and tell us. We're looking out for each other's safety along the way. And that's the, that's the key word, of course, is safety, safety, safety are first three keywords. Now, assuming that the play that's being put on is not like slapstick or something like that, mm-hmm. is there sort of a generally considered acceptable length for a fight scene? Oh, that's a really good question. No, nothing nothing determined. Uh, again, a fight is like, uh, doing a fight is like learning a dance, you know, mm-hmm. choreography. You have to know the steps very well so that you can forget them later on. <laughs> uh, but in terms of length, no, it really is up to the uh, designer and the, or the, the fight designer and the uh, director to decide how long that needs to be. Okay. Sometimes it's very simple to push or a shove or an ear pull or, a, or a, you know, slamming your, your face into a door or that sort of thing. Yeah. Or in other places, it has to go on longer within realism, I guess. Mm. Because a real fight takes a lot out of a person. Oh, yeah. It's physically exhausting and... Uh, Unlike film, in which we can, you know, we can cut and redo it again and do it again, mm-hmm. these performers on stage are doing it live each time for the first time, yeah. and uh, that can be very uh, stressful. And from the way you said that, obviously you've worked in both formats, right? Uh, a little bit in the film, not okay. as much. Uh, mainly stage for me. Okay. Now, have, how many times have you actually been the person in the fight on stage? <laughs> I haven't counted that one up. That's a really good question. I don't know, actually. I'm sorry. I wish I could be more specific. Uh, More than a dozen, anyway. Okay. Now, did you find... Do plays these days, more modern plays, let's say plays since 2010, do they tend to involve fewer fights because there is sort of all this emphasis now on talking things out? Well, that's a really interesting question, Alan. Actually, I, I would probably suggest it's the opposite because oh. uh, our audience demands more of what they see on the film and in, on movies. Uh-huh. So they, they want to see more Christian Bale and more, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, born identity kind of uh, work on stage because they see it on film so much. So it's sort of encouraged us to go a little further with, uh, with our dynamic uh, types of fighting on stage. Um, so when they, when they do break out, uh, mm-hmm. they are much more flashy or more yeah. dynamic. And now I'm guessing flashing dynamic, that leads us right into what happens on Sunday. Sword yes. fighting. Oh, you're after my heart there. We're doing some swashbuckling on Sunday, oh. which gives us a chance to, to teach those who come out uh, the, the fundamentals of, of sword play for stage. Again, uh, everything we do is based upon uh, traditional historical technique, yeah. and it's all you know, historically accurate, but it's also adapted to make it safe for, for stage or for screen. Yeah. And I'm afraid it's also one of those great spoiler things, Alan. You're going to learn some of the tricks that we do. That you'll, you'll watch a film from that point on and go, oh, well, I know what they're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look, so, doesn't look so dangerous after all. No, except that it's as long as you at least think for that split second, whoa, before you go, oh, okay, I know how they did that. Exactly. Then it's still gotten the point across. That's right. 
So now, sword fighting, it seems to me, is something that, again, I'm betting there's not a lot of plays since, again, let's say 2010, that involves sword fighting. <laughs> not all sword fighting, but then again, I just did a show uh, earlier this year called She Call- She Kills Monsters, which was all set in sort of Ooh. a Dungeons and Dragons background. Right. And it was all sorts of sword fights going on, all types of fantasy weaponry along the way as well. So, again, there's, I think there's a crossover, a spillover mm-hmm. between our popular culture and uh, what we're, we're seeing on stage these days. So now, I want to ask you a question. What's the most difficult thing to teach in, first off, the stage fighting? Hmm. Uh, I guess the most difficult thing is, is some of the, the rudimentaries, the basics, is that uh, what we're doing is an illusion. Mm-hmm. That we're not actually trying to uh, hit our opponent. We're trying to make it look dangerous. So that we uh, we have to pull back on our natural impulse. It's mm-hmm. almost the, the opposite of what a real fight is. Uh, so that when I'm I'm throwing my punches, they're going to the right place, but they're being uh, also held in control. They're not actually meant to make contact. Right. And whereas your body says, "No, no, I have to, I have to push through all the way," your mind has to say, "No, we're stopping at this point." Yeah. And now, sword fighting, I'm guessing, basically the same sort of thing. Instead of slashing your way right through the person's body. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen on stage. Yes. <laughs> so we have to, again, train our mind to, or our body to follow what our mind is telling us is going to look very, again, expressive. Mm-hmm. And to uh, make sure that people are well grounded and that they, again, look like they're fighting, but, uh, but still are doing it in a very controlled, mannered way. And I'm guessing stage fighting, I'm thinking most actors, if you said, okay, you're going to be getting into a fight, they could at least do something about it because most people know how to fight when it's sword fighting it's a little bit different yeah it's a different dynamic it, it's a it's a different muscle memory you need mm-hmm. to learn uh, holding a weapon in your, in your hand it makes uh again one much more aware of distance and timing and placement yeah. which are some of the again keys that we use to to build a fight to make it look realistic along the way and then the heft of that weapon whether it's a light rapier whether it's a heavy broadsword whether you have a shield in one hand or a, or a cloak in the other, mm-hmm. all those things uh, are sort of working over time in your brain, so you have to be very aware of not just of what's happening in the right hand, but what's happening with your feet and what's happening in your left hand, who's behind you, who's around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the actor needs to be hyper-aware of things. Some uh, actors are lucky enough in their, in their training to receive at least some fundamentals of that, which yeah. gives them a confidence, not that they know everything, but they feel confident in approaching a fight. Those who've had none before, uh, we have to find a way to make it less terrifying along the way. Yeah. I guess the first thing you do is remind them the other guy is not going to cut you. That's right. That's right. He's my my partner. He's my friend. Yes, Yes, I'm trying to kill him in the scene, but... That's right. It's just just acting. Yes. Now, there is one sword fight scene from a movie Mm -hmm. that I think of as, to me, possibly the best sword fight ever. Princess Bride. Oh, I love it. Don't you? Yes. Gil Montoya and the Man in Black? Of course. Yes. And, now, that, that took them weeks to rehearse. I can imagine. Yeah. And, like, when you watch it, with your knowledge of sword fighting, how realistic is the whole thing? Like, does, like I watch it, and it seems to me it just flows. It looks incredible, and it looks dangerous. Oh, it does. And it was, it was uh, choreographed for one of the best fight masters out there at the time, mm. Bill Hobbs. 
Um, he used a lot of historical technique. Even the terms the, the two actors are using, which is taken from the book, are direct fencing terms of historical accuracy oh. as well. There's a little piece in there, if you watch it very carefully, because you know we have watched it time and time again. Yes. There's a piece in there that's actually looped. So you can see that they're doing the same moves twice uh-huh. for some reason. But the, uh, if you're watching through the first time, that all just spills past you. Yeah. But there's some beautiful, fun, flashy moves there. And the fighting in the right hand and the left-handed. That was what I got a kick out of. Why are you smiling? I'm not left-handed either. <laughs> and jumping onto the rock and off the rock. Oh, yeah. and I mean, ah. Oh. Now, I don't expect anybody to go doing big backflips on, on, our, on our workshop on Sunday. So oh, oh <laughs> good. That's them that, from that pressure. That, okay, that may take some of the pressure off some of them, but some of them may go... Ah, oh, rats. <laughs> oh, but we'll do some other flashy moves as well. <laughs> okay, I'm sure you will. So now, how much... Are, are you coming with somebody? Uh, no, it's just me. Okay. So I was about to say, so in the sword fighting then, will you be... You won't have somebody else that you can sort of demonstrate on and say, okay, here's what a real sword fight would look like on stage between two people who were experts. Oh, oh Alan, I thought you were coming. I, th- I thought you and I were. No, I'm that. sorry. I'm sorry. I had something already booked for Sunday. Oh, oh well, there you go. Oh, I guess I'll have to find another volunteer along the way there. <laughs> volunteer, yeah. <laughs> so, what times are the um, showcases on? Oh, gee, uh, I, Alan, I hope you have the information there in front of you. I don't okay, have to I brought, me. Yeah, I want to. I want to say it's like ten. I don't have it right in front of me, but if, I want to say it's like ten till two thirty each day. That sounds about right. With a break for lunch, and you have to bring your own lunch. Yes, and wear some clothing that you can move in. Yes. Nothing that's, that's uh, you're, you're going to slip on stage with. No. No jewelry. Yeah. There's always that, that potential of someone getting scratched yeah. accidentally. And I'm guessing as well, um, bring your own lunch, but I'm thinking also bring some water, because I'm thinking both of yes. these are probably going to be fairly physically exerting. Yeah, water is our friend, absolutely. Yeah. It's and, until idea. you spill it on the stage. Yeah, until you spill it on the stage. <laughs> So now, we just talked about the Princess Bride and the yes. fight scene there. Mm-hmm. What are some other fight scenes that you can think of from movies, either stage fighting or sword fighting, that really stand out in your mind? Oh, sure. Well, great. Thanks for asking. Uh, there's a great duel at the end of Rob Roy, the Liam Neeson film, mm. that he does with Tim Roth, which is really quite exciting, very dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like watching that one again. It's, again, done by the same choreographer who did... Um, Princess Bride, Bride, yeah. But in a different historical context with a Scottish back sword as well. Other ones, I I think a lot of fun are the the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, um, Mm. movies that that, uh, Orlando Bloom and uh, and Johnny Depp are in. There's some fun uh, jewels in those ones. So that's the style, the the kind of joie de vivre we want to see on stage to see Mm. if we can... uh, well, we can um, bring that to, to life. I should mention that my fight master that I worked with for many years is, is J.P. Fournier, who's the uh, the maître d'armes for uh, for fight masters in Canada, and mm-hmm. he he worked under the tutelage of Patty Crane, uh, who was Errol Flynn's stunt double, oh, and and worked with Errol Flynn on those films way back in the in the 30s the, that really set the the bar for for swashbuckling movies. So it's kind of a heritage thing we carry forward. We have that sense of of a great respect for each other and a great draw to Eve in our, in our types of sword playing. So when you look back at those Errol Flynn movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that, is that almost, are you almost trying to create that same look in the movies that you are maybe working with now? Uh, well, that style itself is, is a little uh, antiquated in, mm-hmm. its, in its approach. It's a bit more, pa- uh, uh, more of a pastiche of, of older uh, types of, 
of competitive fencing style, because that's where they drew their influence from originally. So um, we don't emulate that one as much, but more the, the, the sense of the spirit behind it, I think, yeah. that sense of, of swashbuckler. Okay. Thomas Usher in town this weekend to teach people at Theatre Northwest how to fight, both on stage and with swords. How to fight safely. Yes, safely. I was going to mention that. <laughs> okay. Thomas, thank you very much for joining us and explaining what all is going to be happening. Thanks, Al. It's been a great pleasure. Okay. Again, if you want information about the whole thing, theaternorthwest.com has everything you need. Take a break and be back with more after 9. Welcome to A Peep Behind the Scenes. In 1878, this book quickly sold over two and a half million copies. Now, over a hundred years later, it comes to life as a powerful audio drama. The story of the lost. There's nobody loves me, and nobody never did. And the good shepherd who brings them home. For God so loved the world. On the next Lamplighter Theatre. Sundays at 7 a.m. and p.m. here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. The 30th Annual Antiques and Collectibles Fair is this fall. Saturday, October 1st and Sunday, October 2nd, check out a great variety of antiques and collectibles at the Rolodome. Admission is just $5, $4 for seniors and students, and children under 6 get in free. Interested vendors can call 250-563-1507 to book a table. In support of the South Bowl Community Association, the 30th Annual Antique and Collectibles Fair, Saturday, October 1st and Sunday, October 2nd at the Rolodome. Take part in the Great British Columbia Shakeout on October 20th. It's an annual opportunity to practice how to be safer during big earthquakes. Drop, cover, and hold on. The Shakeout has been organized to encourage you, your community, your school, or your organization to review and update emergency preparedness plans and supplies, and to secure your space in order to prevent damage and injuries. Get more information and register today by visiting shakeoutbc.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada, mainly cloudy today, winds from the north at 20 starting this afternoon and a high of 16. Mainly cloudy again tonight, north winds becoming light this evening, a low of 6. For Wednesday, mainly sunny, increasing cloudiness and 60% chance of showers late in the afternoon. Wind southwest 20, gusting to 40 in the afternoon, a high of 14. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And, uh... After the Labor Day weekend, a short week, the, just a reminder, one thing I want to mention right off the bat, the kids are back in school today for a short period of time. I believe it's an hour for the elementary school students, 90 minutes for the secondary school students. The buses will pick them up when they're supposed to. But if I remember correctly, school zones are in effect all day because this is classified as a school day. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, tomorrow... Yes, full day for the students and for drivers in school zones. So slow down. Yes, I'm sure. I don't know that we've received anything from the Prince George RCMP beyond just the usual safety tips, but you know they are going to be out for the rest of this week. Yes, keeping track of uh, how people are driving through school zones. A few things coming up this weekend, actually. Um, the Live Well Prince George Society has a junk in the trunk sale going on Saturday at 5100 North Nechaco Road. I'm not even sure exactly where that is. I don't know if that's... Well, that's a little ways down Nechaco, yeah. Red just comes striding out to lend us his infinite wisdom. 
used to be North Nechaqua Elementary School. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so basically there. the corner the of... The corner, yeah. Of, yeah, okay. you just got to drive down a little ways for yeah. for the driveway. Is yeah. that foothills there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 10 till 4. Space rentals are $15. They do want you to bring your own table, <laughs> which makes sense, unless, of course, you are selling out of the trunk, because it is a drunk in the trunk. And if you'd like more information... Live well, Prince George, all one word, at gmail.com. The date, date, what was the date again? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. This Saturday. This Saturday, September 10th, from 10 to 4. Okay. I know we're already into the double digits by this by uh, Saturday for September. Double digits. Oof. That's scary. Yeah. Uh, something we have been mentioning a few times, uh, and we actually did the interview two weeks ago with them, the Great Northwest Fiber Fest. Yes. That's on Sunday at the Connaught Youth Center from 10 to 3. Everything you need for weaving, crocheting, knitting, felting. There's going to be vendors. They're going to have some classes and demonstrations. And, of course, it's also a chance for the fiber lovers to get together with their friends for quite possibly the first time in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the big thing about a lot of the events this fall is, <coughs> if you will, the shackles are off. People can basically gather again. I mean, you'll still have, you will still have some people being on the safe side wearing masks. Yeah. Well, a few of them yep. used to gather at the library and sit there yep. and knit together. Right? Yep. But uh, no, but this is their big get together, and uh, you can find out more at Great NW Fiber, and of course that's spelled the intelligent way: R E R E Fest. dot C A. So again, that's Sunday from ten to three. Also on Sunday, starting at one. Um, is the Prince George Red Dress Campaign, which I believe is for missing and murdered women. And at 1 p.m., they are unveiling a monument at Highway 16 and Ferry Avenue on the corner of the cemetery, and they are having a stand-in on the highway, or beside the highway, I'm hoping. Uh, There will be a healing circle featuring the cast and drummers and the stand-in, and at 3 o'clock, they go down to Clayton Tenay Memorial Park Pavilion, which is behind Exploration Place. They hang the red dresses. They have some guest speakers. They have some performances. Kim Gucci, Kelsey Abraham, and Bella Rain. A candlelight village. A candlelight village. Vigil. Bleh. Village. V- vigil. Mm-hmm. And craft fabric red dresses to take home. And what they are saying is join us in giving back a voice and ensuring they are never forgotten. So, again, that again on Sunday. Um, so, Sunday's busy. Yes, but there's not a lot of overlap, really, because the Fiber Fest runs from 10 till 3, and the red dress campaign has the unveiling of the monument at 1, and then the Event, if you will, is at Clayton Layton Memorial Park Pavilion starting at 3. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah. There you go. So it works out reasonably well that way. Another event that we haven't gotten much of the last couple of years, the BC Old Time Fiddlers have got a dance coming up a week from Friday, so September the 16th, going from 7 to 11 at the Elks Hall on Douglas Street. It'll be live music from members of the local fiddlers group. They don't say anything about guest stars this time around. Hmm. Every once in a while, they'll have a surprise person show up and do some fiddling. 
Uh, tickets are $10 at the door, and that includes an ice cream snack. Ooh. Yes, that's always a good way to get people to show up for things. Uh, families are welcome. And free entry for children under 18 accompanied by an adult. So if you've got uh, a couple of young ones who enjoy fiddle music and are saying, man, that was a tough first couple of weeks of school, Mom. Hey, head on out to the Old Time Fiddler's Dance on 16th. If you want more information on that, 250-563-1025. Uh, oh, another event. We're going to be doing an interview on this a little bit closer to the uh, Northern BC Crime Stoppers Community Shredded event coming up on Saturday, September 24th. It'll run from 10 until 2 at the PGSS parking lot, which is where they've held them the last few times. Mm-hmm. And they're asking... It's not really meant for businesses. It's meant more for individual people to just bring the documents that you do not feel comfortable having around because they might have personal information. You bring them, they shred them right in front of you. And all they ask is a donation of 5 to $10 per bag or box. And if you get hungry watching the shredder eat up your documents, well, Mr. Mike's is going to be there. And you can get a Mr. Mike's Burger for $5. And the Mike's Burgers are not on for the full time. They start at 10.30, run until one thirty. The shredding starts at 10, runs until 2. So there's a bit of an overlap. Again, that's in the PGSS, secondary, the PGSS parking lot uh, on Griffith, just off Highway 97. And that's 22nd on, and the Highway. Yes. Uh, September 24th, that's a Saturday from 10 to 2. And if you would uh, like more information, you can go to the website, northernbccrimestoppers.ca, or they're also on Facebook. So you can find out more about them that way. Okay. I think on that note, we are going to go to a quick break. And we're back with more after 9. Minds in Motion is a fitness and social program provided for people experiencing early symptoms of dementia and their care partners. Each fitness session is followed by social time, an opportunity to connect with others living with dementia. An in-person series is available in Prince George on Tuesdays from 10 to 11.30 through September 20th at the YMCA. To register or for more information, contact the Prince George Resource Centre at 250-564-7533 or email info.princegeorge.com at alzheimersbc.org. Recent interactions with young drivers have Prince George RCMP reminding new drivers to make safe choices behind the wheel. One incident had young occupants of a vehicle shooting paintballs at pedestrians, while another had an unlicensed youth driver fleeing from the police. Thankfully, no one was seriously injured from the incidents. RCMP assert that driving should be regarded as a privilege and urge local youth to make safe choices when in a vehicle as the driver or a passenger. The Community Radio Fund of Canada is seeking nominations for positions on its board of directors. By becoming a part of the CRFC, you can help strengthen local broadcasters in the Canadian media landscape. Candidates are needed with general experience in financial administration, broadcasting, legal issues, and knowledge of CRTC and Industry Canada broadcast regulations. Full details are available at crfc-fcrc.ca slash en slash 2850. Applications will be accepted through September 30th. As students head back to school, Prince George RCMP remind drivers that school zone speed limits are back in effect on all regular school days. Also, do not park 
park inside or over a designated crosswalk. Do not pass a stopped vehicle allowing pedestrians to cross the street and always stop for any school bus with its lights flashing, even if it's on the other side of the road. Try to drop your child off on the same side of their school. Avoid double parking when dropping off and be patient and courteous to other drivers and students. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And continue to get caught up on things that are starting up again as we head into September, gotten through the summer. I hope the summer weather sticks around for a little while longer, but I've got my doubts. Um, Prince George Council Seniors. Of course, they're busy all year, but they really kick things up in September, and they've got their annual general meeting coming up on September 27th at 1.30 at 425 Brunswick Street downstairs, and I believe that's the old public library, if I'm not mistaken. Fourth and Brunswick? That sounds about right. That's the old Speedy? I think it's the old public library, isn't it? I thought it was the old Speedy Printer. It is. It is the old public library. Oh, it's yes. now the Brunswick Senior Center, yes. or what they're calling it now, uh, the Brunswick um, Activity Center. Or yeah. Basically, they've removed the word seniors because you don't mm-hmm. have to be a senior to go there and have their lunches or yeah. whatever. Uh, but, yeah, the AGM, that's where it's going to be downstairs okay. there. Yeah. And that's uh, Council of Seniors is seeking nominations for directors. And then, of course, they will also have an executive. It, they meet once a month, mm-hmm. so it's not a it's not a huge amount of time that they're asking you to uh, uh, invest. Um, they they do ask that you have a good working knowledge of Robert's Rules of Orders, so the meetings can be somewhat orderly. Uh, the Council of Seniors Constitution and Bylaws, and if you know something about their programs and services, that helps as well. So you're not constantly asking questions during mm-hmm. the meetings. Um, in, if you're wondering about getting a nomination to run as a director, um, you can call Lori Denhill at 250-960-0186. A nomination forms have to be submitted by September 20th. That's a week before the meeting. Um, by email to Lori at Lori Denil, which is L-O-R-I-D-E-N-N-I-L-L at gmail.com or dropped off at the Seniors Resource Center at 721 Victoria Street. So please note you do not drop them off at the same place as the AGM is being held. Uh, nominees elected will also need to complete and provide a criminal record check. So you don't, if you're just being nominated, you don't have to do that right off the bat. It's just if you actually win the election that they want to check and make sure. Um, elections will take place um, at, right at the beginning of the AGM on September 27th at 1.30 at the Seniors Activity Center at 425 Brunswick Street down, downstairs in the meeting room. Uh, one other thing that's coming up pretty quick, this past weekend... The big arenas in town were busy. Spruce Kings were holding their training camp down at the Coliseum. Cougars were holding theirs at the uh, CN CN Center. And uh, for the Spruce Kings, they are getting they're getting ready to get their season underway. Actually, they've got uh, their home opener is September the thirtieth. And even last week, you'd be going oh September oh that's next month. Well, now it's this month. (laughs) It's close. Yes. Uh, Vernon coming to town. 
And the Spruce Kings actually got a very good home schedule this year. They played 25 games at home, 12 are on Friday nights, 11 are on Saturday nights. There's one game on a Wednesday and one on a Sunday afternoon. Hmm. And the Sunday afternoon game is, I think it may be one of their, yeah, well, probably not one of their last games, but it's on January 29th. It's minor sports day, and they're doing a post-game skate with the Spruce Kings. So that's the Sunday afternoon game. And you might be going, well, don't they usually have a 52-game schedule? How come they only got 25 home games? Well, the 26th home game is out in, I believe it's Burns Lake. Because they're doing that road trip thing again this year. And I want to say it's Salmon Arm is coming up. They play two games. Each of the teams is designated as the home team for one of the games. So that's the Spruce Kings 26th home game. In case anybody was wondering. The uh, couple of other feature games they've got coming up. Well, I, I don't know if you call this a feature game or not, but the uh, Fred Page Cup champion Penticton V's coming to town on January the 6th. But about a month before that, one that you should make a note of already. December the 9th, drop the gloves and sock it to them. Your chance to provide some stuff for those less fortunate during the Christmas season. Bring the gloves, bring the socks in their packages. Because they have found in the past, if people uh, throw socks and stuff like that on the ice... It gets stuck. It gets stuck, and it's really messy to clean up. Mm -hmm. So bring them in the original packages. And if you'd like more information on uh, getting tickets for any of the Spruce Kings games or anything going on with them, 250-564-1747 is the number. Okay, that will about do it for this section. We are going to take another quick break and be back with more after 9. Prince George RCMP is asking you to keep a watch out for 69-year-old Paul Philip Kopp. Neighbors last saw Paul on July 18th. Mr. Kopp is described as a Caucasian male, 5'7", 170 pounds, with green eyes, gray hair, and a short mustache. Kopp has multiple tattoos on both arms and was last seen wearing a gray-green vest and carrying a black backpack. If you have any information on Paul Kopp's whereabouts, call the RCMP at 250-561-3300. Police are seeking assistance in identifying a robbery suspect. Just before noon on Monday, August 15th, the man entered a store in the 1900 block of Victoria Street where he discharged bear spray in the direction of employees before smashing a glass case to steal some jewelry. The suspect was wearing a red hat, two masks, glasses, black gloves, a dark gray sweater, gray sweatpants, and black and white shoes. If you have any information regarding this robbery, contact the RCMP at 250-561-3300. The Alzheimer's Society of B.C. is thrilled to be back in person this year to celebrate the 11th anniversary of the Climb for Alzheimer's. Join in for the hike up the legendary Grouse Grind on Saturday, September 24th, or stroll the summit to show your support for friends and family affected by dementia. Funds raised will help the Alzheimer's Society provide vital programs and services for people affected by dementia. Registration and full details are available at climbforalzheimers.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada, mainly cloudy today. Winds from the north at 20 staying this afternoon and a high of 16. Mainly cloudy again tonight. North winds becoming light this evening, a low of 6. For Wednesday, mainly sunny, increasing cloudiness and 60% chance of showers late in the afternoon. Winds southwest 20, gusting to 40 in the afternoon, a high of 14. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, we were just 
checking, chatting a couple of minutes ago about an event happening over at the Brunswick Street Center, is apparently what they are now officially calling it, because I was just going through some stuff, and I found out what their um, lunch menu is. Aha. Uh-huh. So this week, today, it's a chef salad. Tomorrow, pork cutlet. On Thursday, beef dip. And on Friday, fish. So... Why do they always put fish on Friday? Because I suspect it's because they have a lot of uh, Catholics in the group. Uh, They've also got some events coming up this week, getting things rolling again. I don't know how many of these were going over the weekend, but uh, or over the summer. Um, Carpet bowling, it's just about to start, so you better hurry over there. It starts at 9.45. They've got a 50-50 bingo set for 12.30. Bridge at 12.30 tomorrow, and Whist tomorrow evening, starting at 7. Um, Thursday is kind of the fitness day, I guess. They've got a fitness class itself at 10, line dancing at 11.30, and Tai Chi at 1. Hmm. And then on Friday, floor curling, 9.45, and cribbage at 1. So they are getting up and running again, as I'm sure all of the other local groups and another thing that's coming up in, well, it's still a month and a half away, the Leap Conference for Women, an event that uh, has, I believe they did it virtually last year, and this year they're doing it as an in-person or virtual, which is kind of nice, mm-hmm. gives people that option, and they've got, um, they are kind of advertising on their posters as three days. 200 plus attendees, seven expert speakers, 15 hour, more than 15 hours of great content and networking opportunities. It's all being held, the in-person portion, at the Coast Hotel on Brunswick Street. And among the guest speakers are Samra Zafar and somebody who most people in Prince George know fairly well, at least the name, Dr. Nadine Caron, will be one of the uh, keynote speakers as well. Tickets are on sale now. That runs, by the way, October 25th to 27th. Just occurred to me, maybe I should give people the date. That, that will work. October 25th to 27th. If you're looking for the full schedule of events, if you're looking for how you can get tickets, if you're looking for any other events that are being held around it, Leap Conference for Women, all one word, dot com. And that's Leap as in jump in the air, L-E-A-P. So that's coming up, and I am hoping to have at least one interview with somebody from the uh, organizing committee mm-hmm. and because it's being put on by um, Community Futures, I want to say, but I might be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that part. <laughs> okay. And then with any luck, just beforehand, I possibly get one of the keynote speakers on to talk as well. So that's coming up in October. What else does I say? Oh, um, World Suicide Prevention Day. Coming up, and I think there is possibly something on today. We've got all of these different events, and we don't have... They're not incredibly well organized at times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there it is, yes. Um, World Suicide Prevention Day is actually September the 10th. But today, from noon to 1... The Crisis Center of BC is hosting a free webinar on how to support someone who's attempted suicide. So it is sort of, it's part of the Crisis Center thing. And if you would like details on World Suicide Prevention Day, 
or how to get involved with this webinar that's on today from noon until 1, go to Crisis Center, R-E, of course, .bc.ca. And they have a number. They have got a lot of different uh, events and workshops that they are putting on. And, of course, that also ties in, even though it's a little ways down the line yet, with the... Uh, with the new hotline that the CRTC finally got around to saying, okay, we can do that to help people who are thinking about suicide. Todd Dory's been fighting for it for years. And it turns out that they can't do it right away. Well, it has to come into effect next year. Next November. And part of that is because they want to have everybody in Canada on 10-digit dialing before they will incorporate this. And I guess um, they were saying Newfoundland and Labrador are still seven digits. I believe, I can't remember, there was somewhere else, and then the area around Yellowknife. Yeah, it's probably the territories, yeah. Yeah. And my first thought on that was, so does that mean there's no 911 in those areas either? Because that's a three-digit hotline. Uh-huh. I kind of find that kind of hard to believe, that Newfoundland and Labrador don't have 911 service. But uh, they've said that after they get everybody up to uh, 10-digit dialing, then they will bring in the uh, hotline. I believe it's 988. Hmm. So it's good news. The unfortunate thing is it's still another year and a bit. Mm -hmm. And I believe the figure I heard was it was close to, I want to say, 700 days between when... The House of Commons unanimously passed the bill that Todd Doherty put forward. And when the CRTC said, yeah, sounds like a good idea. Um, come on, it's a suicide prevention hotline, people. Yeah. But I guess they've got to go through all the hoops Channels. and everything. Yes, and make sure that nobody's going to be offended by it and make sure that they are doing as much as they can to make sure that it incorporates everybody. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I seem to recall at one point, the one sticking point <coughs> was um, people who were using, like, um, touch-tone keyboards or, you know, I guess, Braille. Mm-hmm. And again, I was thinking, well, 911 has the same problem. What are you doing with that one? Just incorporate that technology for this. You would think. Yeah. But I guess um, you're dealing with government agencies. Think is not always high on the uh, list of things that we're going to do today. But no, so we've got a fair bit of stuff going on. Um, One other thing I am just going to throw in as a note at this point before we go to the next break. Um, Thursday evenings, we have been doing um, Post to Post, our sports talk show. And um, in the next week or two, we in the next week in, in the next week or two, we are going to be changing that. It is going to be going to Wednesday at one o'clock. Do we have a date, Reg? Uh, quick correction: uh, we will be doing that following the long weekend at the end of the month. Okay, so first October, first week of October. Yeah, October. We will be making that change. So sports, uh, post-to-post sports talk, uh, 1 o'clock on Wednesdays instead yes. of 6 o'clock on Thursdays. 
starting in October. Thank you very much. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Norm Coyne after 9. The Alzheimer's Society of BC is continuing their online education, offering small group information workshops facilitated to provide opportunities for live discussion. Don't miss Coping with Change, Grief and Loss, Thursday from 10 to 1130. To register, call the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033 or visit alzbc.org slash edu-workshops. Coping with Change, Grief and Loss. Thursday from 10 to 11.30 online. The Prince George Council of Seniors needs volunteers for their Meals on Wheels program. Volunteers work once a week from about 10.30 to noon delivering hot meals to homebound clients. To help out, you must be double vaccinated for COVID, have a friendly manner, a valid driver's license, and a reliable vehicle. A criminal record check will also be required. Pick up an application form from the Seniors Resource Centre on the corner of 7th and Victoria. The Live Well Prince George Society is holding their annual general meeting at 7 tonight in the Prince George Civic Centre. RSVP to attend by calling 250-981-1256 or by emailing livewellprincegeorge at gmail.com. The Live Well Prince George Society's annual general meeting, 7 o'clock this evening at the Civic Centre. The Prince George RCMP is requesting your help in locating a wanted person. 38-year-old Sandra Lorraine Sloan is wanted for break and enter, assault with a weapon, and possession of a weapon. Sandra is described as an indigenous female, 5'5", 130 pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. Ms. Sloan should be considered violent and should not be approached. If you know of her whereabouts, call the Prince George RCMP at 250-561-3300 or report online at northernbccrimestoppers.ca. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Back and chatting with someone who's a reasonably frequent visitor on this show, Norm Coyne, and uh, it almost goes without saying, you're a busy man. Yeah, I get busy from time to time, (laughs) that's for sure. (laughs) Now, just the last couple of weeks, I think it was, you were hosting a Stephen King show. Well, okay, a Stephen King Rules Film Festival. Correct. Yeah, we were uh, we were part of the. We were flown out. Uh, me and my co-hosts were flown out to Davenport, Iowa, where we hosted the second annual Stephen King Rules Film Festival, and um, it was part of this alternating currents festival that they've got. Um, that's they're building to be something like South by Southwest. So it was mm. super fun. Yeah. And so now the Stephen King Rules Film Festival, that's the same festival that last year you guys had the doctor's case at. Yeah. And well, I mean, the doctor's case screened at it again this yeah. year. Oh, wow. um, these are, these are all films that uh, like the, all the films that were screened at the festival were, or are um, owned by Stephen King, and the only way that you can see them is actually at festivals or oh, yeah. uh, potentially at educational institutions mm-hmm. or for charitable events. So they're not commercially released. So it's pretty exclusive. Very, very cool. Oh, yeah. And now these are all of them part of that Dollar Baby program? Yeah, every okay. single one of them. That's wow. what it is. It's a Dollar Baby film festival. Jeez. And so then that was Iowa. And then. You've been all over the place. You haven't, have you been in town recently to work on any projects here? Or are you busy working on projects everywhere else? Well, 
uh, right now I'm actually I'm in Kelowna working on some stuff down here right now. Mm. Um, but uh, we do have, you know, we had some stuff coming up in Prince George. Um, I mean, one that uh, one thing that's going to be uh, coming up like close to the end of the month here um, is in proximity to you guys, man. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, yeah. So we're going to be um, launching the film school. So it is the Story Institute, <laughs> Prince George. So that is uh, very much going to be something that makes a difference in building that foundation for film industry opportunity that we've been working so hard to kind of uh, navigate. Yeah. And so now that's going to make it very easy for me to get interviews, too, isn't it? Oh, dude, not with me. (laughs) Not with you. (laughs) You're still going to be flying all over the world. But in terms of with the other people who are going to be the instructors and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, one million percent. You're going to want to talk to Michael Coleman when he's there. Cause, uh, so for uh, listeners out there that maybe don't know who Michael Coleman is, um, he is a, a successful Vancouver actor, voice actor. He was Happy the Dwarf on Once Upon a Time. Uh, in that, I think it was like ten season run. Yeah, um, he's uh, he's got loads and loads of like cartoon voice credits. He was like one of the cast members on X Men. Um, so he's uh, he's actually our partner on um, launching this film school, mm-hmm. and he's going to be there for the first little bit uh, to get the the wheels turning, which is like amazing for the students. Um, but then also, I mean, we'll keep you guys in the loop as well. Uh, because I've got some other kind of fun stuff planned as far as like pulling in um, some of our more famous friends to uh, <laughs> do special presentations at the film school and everything wow. like that. Now, have you got any projects in terms of films in the Prince George area in the near future? Yes. <laughs> okay. And once again, Norm is all just, a, he's a font of information. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, is like, so um, we do have, uh, well, we're in post-production on um, a short film called Conquest that mm. uh, we had filmed at FanCon um, with uh, locals paired with, you know, some of our guests. Right. Um, so that is in post-production right now, and uh, that'll see a, a release um it probably won't be released uh, until, like, say, January, February, but um, that's one that's kind of in the can. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have, there's a, a major film uh, that I've been working on developing that Prince George has always been the front runner for. Um, but for that one, it's, it's a big project, so it's going to need, you know, some some very major kind of financial support. So uh, that potentially would be the only reason why we couldn't film it in Prince George's if, if uh, local investors aren't, aren't keen on jumping on board, which, Mm -hmm. you know, usually uh, every time everybody's, you know, kind of come to the table, but um, this one is actually like quite big. So um, it's it's like, it'll come down to the dollars and cents of it. Um, But outside of that, uh, we do have one um, feature documentary that we'll be shooting in Prince George. We, we're we starting to do test uh, footage on it, like, this week. Mm-hmm. And um, once uh, once we get a little bit further along in that, then that's something I can definitely talk to you about and everything like that. So, Can you even give us an idea on what the th- subject of the documentary is? Oh, for sure. It's, okay. it's, um, um, it's, we've been developing it for a while now. It's called Walking the Red Road. Um, it is uh, a documentary about um, a friend of mine, 
uh, a, a guy named Larry Garneau who um, had uh, served uh, as a um, uh, he served a sentence at Camp Trapping mm. years ago, mm-hmm. and then uh, it completely. Uh, changed his life, and he ended up getting like a degree in criminology, and uh, and he returned to camp trapping to actually um, administ- be administrator of that program. So wow. uh, it's very much the story of the birth of an agent of change, yeah. and uh, and we've got some some really really cool stuff kind of planned for that um, in the realm of um, uh, making some some really distinct kind of social change or empowering social mm-hmm. change with the project. So I think it's going to be something that is really, really uh, an amazing project. Yeah. So it's, and again, all of your projects are all right in the same vein, aren't they? Like everything's focused on the same ideas. There's, there's no, you don't have a wide range of things you get involved in at all, do you? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. yeah. No, it's like, that's a documentary. I mean, like yeah. the other one is uh uh, the, the bigger project I was talking about earlier is, um, um, it's like a horror thriller. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, with a really biting social commentary. Um, and then we've got, um, yeah, I mean, like we're, like the, the short film Conquest that we shot at FanCon, we're actually using that as proof of concept to pitch it as a feature to bigger platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that's done, that's, that's the, the plan mm-hmm. with that. Um, and, uh, but I mean, like we've got a half a dozen things, you know, rolling at all times. Cause you, it's like to, to really make a go of it in the film industry, you have to have a lot of lines in the water. So that's, I just keep trying to put as many lines in the water as I possibly can. So now conquest was shot at last year's fan con. Yep. When is next year's fan con norm? Uh, that'll be on May 12th to the 14th. Uh, if memory serves me correctly, we, uh, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how it happened, uh, but we got scooped on our regular dates by mm. some kind of dinosaur show. Oh. <laughs> um, and, uh, which, I mean, I've been doing that event, uh, in Prince George for like eight years now. Uh, oh. it seems weird to me, but that's okay. Cause I love those guys. So, um, but uh, yeah, so we're we're going to be actually on May twelfth to the fourteenth. It will be Mother's Day weekend, so we're going to actually have some kind of some special stuff planned for for all the moms out there. Um, yeah, should be good. Okay, and I, this is just going to be a wild guess on my part, based on previous discussions with you about previous fan cons. You're not going to tell me anybody who's coming, are you? Uh, I mean, it's usually a pretty safe bet that Mark Bernardin's coming. Well, yeah, okay. But yeah, Mark Bernardin's coming. You're going to be there. Okay, now, well, apart from I don't from even that, know, actually, if he's coming or not, but it's usually a safe bet. Yes. And he usually does, um, what's his uh, podcast called? I can't remember now. Fat Man Beyond. Yes. Well, his is, his is Black Man Beyond, yep. yeah, by okay. himself. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's... Mark is such an amazing human being, and he's helped us a lot. He actually was a writing mentor on Conquest. Oh. Yeah, so, um, but, uh, yeah, we always recommend to do an extras for mm. us. So, yeah. Okay. And, I mean, like, those, honestly, in total, I bet you any money, um, I like, I haven't looked at the, the recent view counts or anything like that, but, but, I mean, like, the videos that have been released to Kevin Smith's YouTube channel mm-hmm. um, that were recorded at FanCon are over half a million views. Wow! Uh, so, I mean, those things make a big difference when we're 
trying to get the word out about like you know where Prince George is and what it has to offer and and all that kind of stuff. Okay, Norncoin. I'm sure we will be talking to you again in the fairly near future, actually, with um, FanCon coming up in May. But thank you very much for bringing us up to date. Yeah, man, for sure. Okay. That'll do it for um, After 9. I'm Kylie Holt-Lewis in the host chair tomorrow. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFISFM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is 93.1 CFISFM Prince George, proudly supported by community groups like the BC Association of Community Response Networks, Stopping Adult Abuse and Neglect, together.